Ballcast is the official podcast of Burgundy Blog. On the Redskins, for the truth. Welcome in to Burgundy Blogcast with the man talking Redskins, Brent. And I am just Hayes Permar from Sports Channel 8. You know, Brent, well, we'll get to that in a little bit. First, you're let's so just start much, with- You're so much more than just Hayes. I'm just Hayes. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But uh, let's start with the most important thing, and that is the Redskins getting in the win column versus the Los Angeles Rams. Still adjusting to that now that we have Los Angeles Chargers, too. It's a little bit easier. But uh, Redskins, 1-1 one one now, 27-20 in the victory column. And Brent, what is a one-word description for this game? This game was a relief. Relief. Great word. Great word. And we forgot to do the one-word description last week but I imagine it would be uh, something negative anyway. So we'll just let that one go. And a relief it was. Uh, we'll give you a chance to elaborate on that. Why exactly? Well, uh, they <laughs> they had they pretty much had to have it. I mean, oh, into this bad look. Probably, yeah, it's such a bad look. And, I mean, the schedule only gets harder in theory. I, I, I will say that I try not to make too much of, like, preseason strength of sure, schedule because sure, it, sure. it changes. But – it doesn't look good. There aren't a lot of wins left out there. And not that, not that I think the Redskins are going to the Super Bowl, but um, you know, if they were, if, if as usual, my, my hope and goal for this team for me as a fan is, is basically to at least be playing interesting football, uh, you know, through Christmas, sure. then, then they, this, this game was very important. Getting into own two hole and looking at the remainder of this schedule was, was uh, not going to be pretty, not to mention the fact that it just would have been like, you know, panic time for fans, players, coaches, when it starts to go bad, really bad, really early, you know, then it can go like extra bad. So this, um, although the team overall had, you know, plenty of flaws yet again, exposed just to, just to get out of Dodge with a W was a big relief. Huge win. Um, and I'll even say more than just a win, uh, because it was a win in sort of a pressure situation by being uh tie, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. even more impressive to, to win under pressure. I mean, Road game. I was, What's that? And a road game. And a road game, yeah. I mean, obviously it would have been more impressive to win 40-3, to three, but, uh, but you know, it was uh, you know, a good win with some a, a lot of positive things to look at, especially a couple of performances. Uh, I did not preview this question with you, so hopefully you'll have something good on the spot. You're going off but, script uh, on me already? I, I, absolutely. But did you have a favorite uh, position – uh, unit, uh, not just a single player, but like a favorite group of guys that, uh, that you thought got the job done, especially um, today. That's a good question. Uh, I definitely have a favorite player who we're going to touch on, but um, um, outside well, of you, that, you that can go with it, you can go with you can go with his unit or go somewhere else. It's not his unit. My player. Was I like Thompson. talking units. Thompson I like just saying stud. units. Yeah, okay, I, I was. Thompson. I was pretty. I was overall, um, you know, pr- at least satisfied and 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 bordering on pleased with the offensive line, which, um, you know, which is supposed to be sort of the bedrock of this team or at least this offense. And or maybe any time. Yeah, was very disappointing in week one. Uh, but they got it together big time. Um, and, and in the most important way was uh, opening up some holes for the running game, which, which really kind of broke out. So, um, you know, there was some sort of like second, third quarter. There was a lot of issues there. And, and uh, Cousins was, was still under a little bit too much pressure. But um, at, least, at least in terms of the running game and especially in the first half, uh, market improvement for the offensive line. 
Yeah, definitely moved the ball on the ground, total of 229 yards. And huge, like said, huge. In Redskins terms, that's like 500 no, yards. That's fantastic. I mean, no, in, in the NFL today, I think that's a, a fantastic number. Anytime you're over – you can win averaging less than 200 yards a game, but anytime you're over 200, that's a good good sign. Um, probably other things are happening, time, time of possession, all that other stuff. Uh, uh, and then, like you said, not the greatest of pass protection. Maybe a little uh, improvement could be seen there, but only two sacks, so not not terrible either as far as keeping uh, Cousins pretty clean, especially on the final drive. He had time to do some things. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we already hit on the one-word description. That's been a staple of the Burgundy broadcast. Um, uh, pulling the curtain back on the show a little bit, Brent was trying to scrap the ben- Brent's notes section of the podcast, <laughs> which has been another staple. And if he does that, I mean, I might just go out and start pursuing like Ken's notes and make that a segment. And he, I know he doesn't want that. Um, or there might be other players in the field that might try to submit their notes that I might take. Instead, I took down some notes. No, Absolutely. No. Partly because I was a little offended and accused by the tweet last week that said, hey, why does it sound like one guy who just doesn't know anything about the Redskins <laughs> talking to this guy and does everything? It's like, hey, first of all, that's our, our vibe. That's, that's our, our podcast. Shtick. <laughs> All right. Secondly, I mean, it's like for the guy who like wants to learn, like I'm asking the questions you might want to learn. Like, okay. yes, it does help if and when I can watch the game. And I would, I'll say that I have upped my amount of Redskins watching. I mm. even said this year that I upped the amount of Redskins I drafted on my fantasy team. So I'm putting myself on the line for the team and making sure that I at least pay attention to their stats, I guess. Your and we're going to talk about that. Clear. Your commitment we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But um, I did take down some notes. So we're going to start – with Hayes's notes, mm. and then we're going to compare them to Brent's topics, which were just sort of a uh, uh, curtailed <laughs> version of Brent's copious notes, which then Brent sent me all of his notes when I complained about cutting the segment, and then I thought he was playing with me and just making up stuff by sending lists of, of numbers and words, which I then looked at and looked and d- decided, yes, they are actual notes. Moving on to Hayes's notes, the two biggest topics that I wanted to talk about were – Cousins, first of all. we got to talk about Cousins. Yeah. Uh, two things. Was there a Cousin? Um, <laughs> if, if there was, I didn't see it. Uh, no, I didn't see the no, whole game. That, I admit. If Cousin is a binary thing, um, then, I, then I, you know, that's a zero today. I don't think there was a true Cousin. A zero? There, but there was a moment. or There was a sequence. We, um, you know, in the second quarter, the, um, the couple of errant uh, fade or end zone passes were, you know, pretty – Pretty bad. Um, not, you know, not impressive at all. But uh, Cusbone wouldn't go quite that far. All right. So there, there, uh, there is not a Cusbone for every game. I felt like that was part of the theory of the Cusbone. Yeah, I guess it's a win. If there's, you're right. That's a good point. I get, a game it's without zero a Cusbone. Cus all right. We'll yeah. start grading them on the bi- binary scale. You got to yeah. decide if a, if a miss. I like that. Yeah. You know, depending on the situation to be a Cusbone, you know. Yeah. Um, I, and I don't think you can say every interception is a Cusbone either. No. You know that. No, no. Yeah. Okay. 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 I have a all good right. feel for the bone. Okay. <laughs> oh, because all right, and all right. The other thing I was going to say about him: the final drive, he looked like the quarterback that kind of deserves a franchise tag or more money. I mean, like that's what you want, right? Yeah, yeah. That's probably the only drive that you watched, right? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. no. Uh, you know, you're absolutely right. And the, the the final drive, the key drive. I, th- I think they went 70 yards and capped it off with, uh, you know, by sealing the deal. They scored. They they. Um, they punched it in for a touchdown, and that was an impressive drive. Uh, they, you know, ate some clock, and afterwards, I was forced to concede that at least for that period of the game, uh, he was at, at the very least managing the game, and uh, yeah. you know, that, that's what you want. That's what you need. 
Everything like leading I, up to that was extremely underwhelming. I feel like you have some other things you want to discuss about cousins. So why don't you just get, just keep it all rolling? Uh, did around I bury your lead and, there? And give me the and give me the rest of what you're feeling about. Uh, it. That should not be overlooked. You're completely right. At the end, he landed the plane. It's it's important. It's very important. I'll, I'll circle it, back. I'll circle back to why I led with that. I'll let you talk for a little bit. Is it here. enough to 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 justify or validate his his salary? Uh, well, first of all, we shouldn't be looking for that every single game necessarily, but. I mean, if forced to choose, exactly, exactly. No, I mean, no. I mean, it was, it was it, that that wasn't. He, he did not have a good game. He had a bad game. He had a bad game that he ended nicely. Um, he missed on a lot of passes. His accuracy is still way off. He did, you know, um, in his defense, there were there continue to be a lot of drops, including one just total gut blow drop that um, Chris Thompson, who's my hero of the game, yep. could have just could have just made it an otherworldly game by hanging on to one, one more and possibly scoring. But Cousins wasn't good. He was off. He does not have good chemistry with his receivers. He's, he's getting the ball to Jordan Reed a little bit now, but um, not great. What's going on back there, dude? Uh, me? Sorry, I just filled up on Gatorade and drinking. Yeah. I guess the, uh, yeah, I noticed. Yeah. I guess I can't turn off the mic like I used to be able to do on the old podcast. My bad, dog. can hear my, my own voice for the last 30 seconds. No, I'm, I'm listening in. Great, I'm loving it. Uh, but but sorry, I just uh, I was a little thirsty there. My bad. Uh, Cousins wasn't good. It was a bad game. It was his second straight bad game. And if he hadn't finished it the way he did, I would have called it just an atrocious game. But uh, right. you know, he gets a passing grade because of how he capped it. Well, here's the thing. I started comparing him to. I don't know if they both came in the league at the same time, but they seem like they've been in the league in the same number of years. I bet they were drafted within a year or two of each other at max. And there's another guy who was drafted. It's kind of be a backup, and he's uh, he's always proven that he belongs on an NFL roster, but he's never quite proven that he deserves to be paid like a definite starting you know quarterback. Forget the words elite or whatever, but you know the money that that even Matthew Stafford just gets paid, even though the Lions haven't won anything close to a Super Bowl. But just like yo, this is a starter, you got to pay him. Mm-hmm. Um, and this person, the other guy I'm, I'm thinking about. It feels like every time, you know, everybody knows he's right on that line of maybe a starter, maybe just like a pretty good backup. Is it Dalton? Every, no, 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 no. It's not even that guy. This guy's had more of a path like Cousins. Okay. And every time, you know, every he's made appearances and he's always proven like, yeah, I mean, he should be on a roster, but I'm still not convinced he should okay. be a starter. And every time he's sort of playing that game, whether it's to get the third win in a row or whether it's, um, uh, you know, a national TV game or, or, or whatever it might be, or just not looking terrible at a time when people are saying maybe, maybe, and not having that like bomb game right then, you know, the suspense this is guy, this guy has always answered the question with no, whereas cousins always at those moments it's never like it's been consistently or over the course of this whole season of just yes 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 but every time it feels like a culmination where you need an answer uh mike glennon oh no i was really worried you were gonna say that come on don't do that absolutely i feel like it's had a very bad start to the season but it's not no no mike glennon is not a comp no, I, I, I feel like they're, they're, they're close to each other on a line, and just every time they've had those opportunities. Like, right now, there was, after last week, you have some questions about Cousins, and, like, after three quarters, you have some questions about Cousins. Okay, and but you're like, man, the, maybe, maybe, I, maybe. He I always does the best thing. I get like where you're going with that. He's always won every, like, make-or-break moment for him, it seems yeah. like, whereas yeah. Glennon has missed on every 
make a break moment. No, I know you're right. I do think Cousins. Well, body is, of is work, Markham, it's totally unfair. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Cousins has had like a season as a starter, whereas yeah. Glennon has never had that. And it looks yeah. like he was going to have it this year, but then now that the the only reason it's it's like a big deal for him now is because of the situation with the big backup. Yeah, it's like I don't know, maybe, maybe. And like last week, it was like, well, he was decent, even though they lost. And then today, he just bombed. Like I was just thinking about that yeah. partly because he bombed today as I was watching. Uh, you know, Cousins. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, when you're like, maybe you're still not convinced, but right when you're like, I don't know, man, I'm really ready to throw in the towel. He's like, yay, does it? You're like, all right, all right, pretty good. Right. Yeah. No, I get, I, I get on that level. I see it, but you know, I think an important piece of the context there is that literally every quarterback, including the very best, including the all-time best, is capable of a stinger. And, and you have to look look back no further than than week one with Tom Brady. I mean, it, he, he, had the, he had the lowest completion percentage of all starting quarterbacks in week one. He's the best quarterback that's ever lived. You know, and it's, 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 just, it's a very, very hard game. And the best quarterbacks have bad games and certainly atrocious passes. You know, almost every game, every even the best quarterbacks throw at least one bad pass. So, you know, the whole Cosbone thing is it's sort of funny to, to rail on, but um, and, and there's no question he's he's more inclined toward it than than average, which is why the narrative even exists. But, um, you know, I, I think uh, th- and that and that really is why even after two bad games, I'm still not all the, anywhere near all the way off my my, um, you know, my position over the summer that they should have paid him and that, that, that he's still sure. a starting starting caliber guy that, that belongs. You know, I, I'm, I'm terribly disappointed. He's, he's been much worse in the first two games than I expected, but it's, it, it would be super rash to just be like, Oh, well, I was completely wrong. You know, they, that I just, I just had completely misjudged. I mean, is it possible that I do certainly, but you, you got to give it, you got to give it half a season or more to, to figure out whether that's the, really the trajectory. And I mean, we're not on two. He's, you know, he's, he's one and no. one, you know, he's, yep. he doesn't look good. But he's one and one. The season is perfectly alive. Um, so, you know, in a sense, if he's if he's been that bad and and they're still five hundred, you know, maybe you count your count your blessings and and you know things are maybe looking up looking up. Yeah, yeah. You know who is zero to? Who that? Mike Glennon. <laughs> um, all right. One of the other topics I had, and uh, I did only see this guy make one catch. So you can tell me what he did for the rest of the game. But the only Almost reason nothing, I think, but he didn't have to. But uh, but but. But and remember, these are Hayes' notes. So I don't even try and act like you sent me these topics. Uh, the, the the only reason he's on my radar is because I saw you tweet this week about how you'd rather see, or maybe we talked about it last week, how you'd rather see Ryan Grant getting looks than uh, Josh Doxson, and Josh Doxson got one target, zero mm-hmm. uh, zero catches, you know, nothingness. Mm-hmm. And there's still questions up in the air about him. But it looks like you would want to see even more from Ryan Grant. What else do you have to say about him? Yeah, I mean, I think you got that. It, Ryan Grant is a running joke among Redskins fans because he's the coach's favorite and he's never done anything. Um, but, you know, he's kind of uh, starting to, to latch on to his opportunity here right now with the guy that was that was penciled into the starting spot opposite Terrell Pryor, or in addition to Pryor and Crowder, was, of course, Doxson, and he's like MIA. So you've got Grant, who, uh, you know, coaches have been saying since he was drafted, I think maybe this is his fourth year by now, Um who does everything right uh, when the camera's not on. And then in the past, when the, when, you know, when it's, when it's, when the games count, he's actually, I think he, I think maybe two years ago or maybe his last year, he had two, two touchdowns. Um, You know, he's, but in in general, he tends to come up small. And so uh, most Redskins fans are sick of him taking up a roster spot because he has such a low ceiling. But the thing is, um, 
I, you know, it's it's looking like he's got a pretty high floor, and uh, that's just not a sexy thing for fans. <laughs> a high but, floor. But coaches love <laughs> a dude with a high floor. You know, Ryan Grant is dependable and reliable, and um, he's you know so you know he's he's getting some snaps. And what did he do? He scored the most. You know, he scored on the most important play of the game. Um, so it's like, how how can I? I've kind of pledged to myself. And to Mr. Grant, that uh, he's at least bought some freedom, I think, from the mockery and ridicule. There's just there's not much point in us continuing to lob those bombs at him because, I mean, who's you know the guy he's replacing at least temporarily, Josh Doxson, he's not even on his paycheck. We can't even find him. He's doing nothing, zero impact. Uh, whether it's because of skills or fit or chemistry or injuries or whatever, I mean, Ryan Grant's at least showing up and contributing in, a, in, in today in a big way, even though it was brief. So. Um, you know, I'm I, I'm not I'm not rooting for him to, to be gone anymore. And I'm like, you know what? Let's let's see what he can do. Let's see if maybe the coach could possibly conceivably know a little bit more about Ryan Grant than I do. I mean, I'm <laughs> doubting it, but you know, I uh, I'm just an imag- imagining like at the NFL draft when they're talking about Ryan Grant Ryan Grant getting drafted. They're like, this guy's got a really above average <laughs> floor. Uh, the coaches really dig him. Look, he's not flashy, very, very dependable. This guy's always going to show up to practice. uh, Really, you know, probably get you maybe three catches if you throw it to him four (laughs) times. Just exactly really what you want out of a fourth maybe guy who can move. If if a guy's out for two games with an injury, he could probably even be a second receiver for two games. That's what what you're getting out of this guy. Ryan Grant, solid seventh-round pick. Yeah, you're getting Jay Gruden very excited right now. I don't know know when. He places a high value on dependability and reliability. That's why Grant's still involved. I think that's why Rob Kelly is still the starter, even though he's not dynamic. And he, he likes it when got when he can pretty much tell what a guy's gonna do. All right. I think you want to check the tape on this, maybe, but and but also secondly, I want to check myself in fantasy because when I was thinking about drafting another Redskins player and I drafted Fat Rob Kelly, um, <laughs> even though his nickname is Fat, although I didn't realize Fat Rob is different from just being large. Uh uh, I almost took Chris Thompson hoping he might have like a breakout year. Now this yeah. was more of just like a big game. Who knows how much it is, but, but partly because I play in a PPR league and if he gets the ball dunked to him a few times a game, that makes him that much more valuable. And that's exactly what he did today with a, a couple rushes, including the, uh, the big one, two touchdowns, and then another three catches, even though, uh, uh, it, you know, some solid yardage there. So, Hey, I, did I ask you last week on this podcast if, if Chris Thompson should be uh, getting more touches? Yeah, uh, I don't know if you asked me, but I mean, we, we talked about him for sure because he signed the contract, you know, he got his extension and, um, mm-hmm. and, and I was championing that because, yeah, he's a great player. I've loved him since they drafted him. And um, yeah, I, I remember I specifically did because we talked about how he originally was limited because there, there was yeah. worry about like a back injury. Right. But at, he had at a bunch point, of horrific injuries in college and, and then he hurt his arm pretty bad, even as a, I guess maybe in his second year. Um, but I, I, he was he was an absolute alien today. He was incredible. I, and he actually he actually had a couple. You know, we talked about his drop there. He, had, he, had a, he, had a, he was wide open down the seam on a play that probably would have put the game away, and he just straight dropped it. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he had um, he also kind of mishandled a, a uh, like a pitch from from uh, Cousins later on, and that was not entirely his fault because it wasn't a great toss. But uh, he he sort of slipped up a little at the end there. But in the first half, he was just a man on fire, and his both of his touchdowns were almost 100% individual effort, 
Um, I God, I love him. I love him. He's he's still, you know, you're asking about fantasy, and like he's now. I think that's why he's got three touchdowns in the year, I guess. And I don't know. He may only have one or two more for the rest of the year. Maybe, maybe yeah. not. But I, I wouldn't. You know, he's not. He's not a high volume guy. He's just an incredibly, incredibly important role player. Well, the question is, would you rather have him or Rob Kelly on fantasy? I mean, you're obviously talking about probably a non-starter anyway. Well, Kelly, yeah, but that's Kelly the got question. hurt for one thing. Kelly left well, the yeah, game yeah, with yeah. a chest injury. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I like Rob Kelly for, like, who he is. I like his story, and I like that he is fairly dependable. I like that he doesn't get a lot of negative runs. And I like that, you know, sometimes he's kind of tough to tackle. But he's not a dynamic back. He's not fast. I'm not sure he has great vision. He misses holes. And even in the first half today, when it was primarily him racking up all those yards on the ground, it was like you just kind of you could you could watch it. I mean, I am totally not some offensive line guru, but you're watching and you're like, the run game is clicking big time, and there are there are nice holes. But it, it looked like he was not even taking full advantage. And one play in particular, he could have made a house call, and like he he brought brought it back inside instead of out. And um, you know, it, it felt like he was leaving some yards on the field. Um, it's, it's tough Thompson? to beat up on a guy. Thompson. No, 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 uh, Kelly, Kelly in the Kelly, first half, Kelly. yeah, and then yeah. Thompson is is a much more, and I keep using the word dynamic, but he's just, I mean, he's, he's much faster, he's, he's got more wiggle, um, he's a much more dynamic uh, receiving option, um, you know, so I, I like Rob, I think he's no question a below average starting running back, he might be a passable running back, but hey, he did some good stuff in the first half, I mean, it worked, it worked, he was, he was taking what was blocked, and maybe a tiny bit more, but not much more. Um, Thompson, though, just just such a stud. He's good in pass pro. You cannot overstate how important he is to the team. An injury to him would be um, I, I just devastating. Like it's it's, it's, I, it's probably not common for the for the third down back to be like such an integral piece of of the team. I mean, I, I know it's not. Um, I mean, it's an important position, but to the Redskins, he is just like basically the backbone. Um, I I, I understand what you're saying about. Uh seeing Rob Kelly's holes and maybe being able to take take different cuts. But at the same time, like, I also laugh a little bit at, like, no, like, I, I, I had in my mind a vision of you, like, telling Rob Kelly, like, hey, man, like, you cut left, man. You really should have cut left, dude. Like, I'm, like, I, like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure what you, what you were seeing, but it's pretty clear to me. You just you went the wrong way. I mean, it's just, you know. No, I get it. Well, obviously, if you run the wrong way on a play, uh, that's one thing, but just on a cut to me, it's like, I mean, look, I, I, I wasn't there, man. I, I couldn't see the, the corners of the safeties, which side they were like really coming ass hard on, but it looked pretty clear. The left was the better side there. So you know, next time, I don't know, maybe go left. Uh, but no, that's all. But I get, I get what you're saying. Look, 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 we come to you for that hard hitting analysis. We don't want you to pull any punches. We want you to tell Fat Rob which way he should have cut um, or juked or, uh, or maybe hey, spun. If I'm not allowed to talk about things I have zero authority on, then there is no <laughs> Burgundy blog at all. <laughs> not true, because we're going to skip away from game. We're going to come back to specific gameplay, but I'm going to segue that into, uh, that is not true, you not being authority on something. Because I saw you saying with authority this week something about Sua Cravens. Maybe you mm-hmm. even had Inside sources telling you things. I don't even know what that is, but how is that working out? Tell me exactly what the Sue Craven situation is. And yeah. is anything that you reported to be true have has it been proven untrue or been proven true since you reported uh, it? I don't think I, I don't think either way. And um 
yeah, not not to be melodramatic about it, but no, like, no, I, I'm no, not really, please, I'm not, I'm not really supposed to explain like who told me. No, no, no what, sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm mostly joking about that. I just care what I just care. I get what, it. No, 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 I get the, that. Uh, so just tell me so, what you so, tweeted. Tell me what so you made. What I, yeah, I tweeted that uh, that I was that I was um, that I got a ver- an extremely compelling tip, exactly. indicating indicating that um, could that he be was a reporter. Gonna, he wasn't going to play again this year, and and so and I, um and and I you know again. After the fact, I'll, I'll possibly be able to elaborate in some details, but um, I, I believed it, and I, I still believe it. It seems I'm, I'm fairly convinced that it was right, and and then so Rappaport came out with this thing today that he's coming back to the team on Tuesday, which made me look completely wrong. Um, but I think it, it was it was a very sort of vague, ambiguous report, and I'm not at all like I, I really kind of doubt that he's reporting to like start suiting up. Um, I still think he's I, I don't know that he's going to be fully retired, and I don't know that he's never going to play again for the Redskins. But to me, as of this moment, 9-11 p.m. on Sunday night, I, I continue to think it's extremely unlikely that he's going to play for the Redskins this season. Interesting. Um, well, maybe we'll explore him on another podcast if the season runs out. Or the yeah, well, I mean, do- there's going to if, if he shows back up, if he actually does report on Tuesday or whatever, there's going to be some news. Um, I heard a little more about it today from somebody who also said the same thing to me that they were sworn to secrecy, but. There is there's something going on with him, and it's been referred to sort of uh, very mysteriously as as a health issue. But I I'm not sure it's exactly that. There's something that he's quote going through right now. I'm not sure if it's his family or what, but it seems kind of um, bizarre, and it seems also very heavy. And I, I I'm not I, again I'm not sure if he's physically sure. incapable of playing for the rest of the year, but I think there's something serious going down with him, and it seems very likely to to prevent him from playing this year. Well, and I don't even know. And again, I'm not. I'm not asking to explore what uh, what you're talking about. But uh, but um, yeah, I, I've been one that we've talked about this before. Maybe when guys have been suspended for marijuana, and maybe me having more sympathy for them than you. Not because I may have more smoke mar- marijuana than you, but that may be you know may play. I think that's part. pretty safe to say. <laughs> uh, so. Um, but let's see, where was I going? Where was I going with that? Uh, we, no, we talked about how, you know, I think people just uh, sometimes forget that they're not cyborgs that play football. And even, sure. Yeah, you know, we, even we recognize them as humans on the football field where we have sympathy for their injuries, recognize that they can make mistakes, recognize Absolutely. whatever. That I, sometimes we don't go as far, you know, and, and realize like with the popular, you know, how, with, 50 some guys on a team, you know, if you start going to percentages of like, well, one in 10 people has this, one in 20 people has this, one in 50 people have had this happen to yeah. them in their lives or to a family member, you know, like you got everything, you know what I mean? Sure. That's just on one team. So, yes. And he's exactly. 22. And that's the other thing that we always fail to, to exactly. think about. He's 20. Um, if you, if you, if you go outside the realm of football and you just, and you just take like, you know, shout, spout out five adjectives for your typical 22 year old. I mean, it's, you know, it's ridiculous that we hold them to uh, a high standard of personal conduct, you know, so I I get that and it's extremely easy to forget. All right. uh, Next question. And this may be the last one for Hayes' topics. And then I'll let you know where we're segueing to next after that. (laughs) Uh, What does it feel? What feels worse as a fan? More frustrating to watch? Uh, your team do get fake punted against successfully or throw fade routes to short receivers, which I'm not sure exactly is the phase you're talking about today, but just in general, you know, that's a, uh, uh, a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> uh, the Redskins have been making special teams gas for decades. That's um, that rolls right off my back. The, um, the fades, what the, the fades today. And I, I mean, you could probably, 
debate whether the second one was technically a fade, but there were two corner end zone throws and, and their, their failure was so demoralizing <laughs> to me and the, everybody in the, in, in the stands and every, I was on fan that and every coach. Dude. Oh my God. You, yeah, that's, I know you've been, you've been driving that wagon, but um, the, the Redskins at the point in the game where they threw uh, just ugly looking end zone passes on uh, second and third down, they had been just absolutely steam rolling the Rams on the ground. Just put, right. just having their way, just pushing them <laughs> yeah, around, yeah. doing everything they wanted, and then nothing and then is more go, frustrating. Yeah, just to be like, you know what, you know what, <laughs> you know what would be great right here. It's like I don't, I don't know what. I think honestly, it's it's become um, like Gruden is aware of how much we hate it. He knows that it's a thing. He knows the fans hate it. He knows he knows that we all tweet about it. The the beat guys ask him about it um, almost every <laughs> week. There's a question about why do your fades suck, and he is. He's defiant. He's defiant, and he's stubborn, and he's trying to troll us. And it's you know it, it was just it was if they had not won the game after having just been in such control at that point, it, it was inexplicable. It was inexcusable. Just the quarterback can't throw him. The receivers can't catch him. It ain't happening. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Um, not to rehash. I know we haven't talked about it this year, but it it is. I always we've we've got to have a reason. I want a good, smart reporter to write this article, um, and maybe maybe we're off on the stats, but there's got to be some teams, especially we could look at and just prove that uh, that the stats are against the fade. And I think my best theory is because coaches aren't flat out stupid. Like they they, they can't, <laughs> you know what I mean? They can't see the obvious and then go the other way. They have to believe that what it is is working, right? It can't just be solely – I can understand them working on it more in practice in the hopes of improving it specifically to piss off the reporters who say it doesn't work. But there's no way that they're just like throwing it out there like, hey, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna F with those reporters right here. Watch this. Watch this, guys. Let's just throw one out. We got four downs, right? <laughs> Let's just throw one. Let's do it. Let's do it. It can't be that. It cannot be. And so the best that I've always come up with is – they work on on them in practice, and they always work partly yeah. because those are like one of those special situations. Like there's got to be many of these in practice, but this right. has to be one where instinctively the practice defense knows how the play is supposed to work, and they let the guys complete yeah. the pass if they run it exactly right, rather than opponents that are you know going to go as close as they can to pass interference to climb up your back and be swatting and doing everything and knocking you on the line and all that stuff. You know, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah got no, to be I agree. That. I think it's working in practice. Um, it's a disaster in games. Um, you know, but, I but think, okay, uh, but but hold on, I got to back up to my original question and say, special teams gaps are one thing. Being fake punted against is I hate. There's I hate <laughs> that as a fan. It's pretty bad. It's like that was like uh, also one of my most frustrating things to have happened against you in uh, in a video game too. Was having <laughs> it feels punt. cheap. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. We now move on to a section of the podcast called What Did Hayes Leave Out of the Notes? And mm-hmm. we'll start with some things that you wanted to talk about, including uh, we talked about Cuz, we talked about Chris Thompson, we talked about Fade, we talked about Ryan Grant. How about the offensive line run game? We basically hit on two and asked yeah. about MVP units, but anything else yeah. on the rushing attack? No, no. I mean, I thought it was good. It just, well, it clearly was good. I mean, the, the proof's in the pudding there. So. Um, big, big step forward. And the Rams have a good defense and a, and a good front four. Um, you know, Aaron Donald was back for this. So, 
Um, yeah, man, it just it's it's huge. It's that's very key. If if they don't have that part of the game of the offensive going, um, that you know the seasons. Season's got no hope. So, and what? Uh, uh, well, I don't think we've mentioned his name. What about that third running back who got all the carries tonight? Uh, he run more of him. Yeah, the rookie. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I like him. I, um, I, I was kind of tweeting about him this week because um, some people were saying, "Well, what's you know, what's he ever done to 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 make you think he deserves carries?" And and the answer um, at the pro level is, of course, nothing prior to tonight. But um, you know, this guy went to. Uh, a, a college that is considered by many to be running back you. Um, you know, he went, he went, he went to Oklahoma where Adrian Peterson went Marco Murray went and, and a lot of, you know, uh, very prolific running backs, um, you know, in, in days of yore. And he's the all time leading rusher there. And he did it in three seasons. So, I mean, in, in terms of uh, as an amateur guy has serious pedigree and they drafted him in the fourth round, which for a running back means they have some, you know, a pretty high regard for you. Sure. And um, he, he has, um, like in terms of actual physical strength, both upper and lower body, he's legendary. And he has impeccable character. And it's like, all right, let's, let's put the guy to use because you're, you know, your RB1 is not really setting the world on fire. So, yeah, I was, I was glad that he got some action. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry that it was because Kelly got hurt. But um, he came in, he didn't look great. I mean, mostly in the, in the third quarter, he's looking very tentative. He still kind of um, doesn't seem like he, he's confident um, picking holes. But then they, um, you know, they let him work through it and they gave him some runs out of the shotgun, which is a lot more familiar with, to him. And he started looking a lot better. He had some really good, good, uh, good runs, several first down runs. And I think he's got a bright future. So, um, you know, I hope Kelly's okay, but um, I'd be okay with, with P. Ryan starting to get, you know, a, a big majority of the carries. Um, good stuff. All right, we haven't talked about the defense much at all. You've got Josh Norman singled out to discuss. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a rushing defense that allowed under 100 yards rushing, and Todd Gurley, who could be dynamic, only yeah. uh, didn't didn't have a ton of yards uh, or you know 88. I guess that's not terrible. Kelly was very. I mean, um, Gurley was extremely quiet until until yeah, his incredibly great. sick touchdown play. Um, sure, and that was just unbelievable. Um, but um, overall, you know, he's, you know, you know he's from right. Uh, I know he went to UGA, but he's from like Raleigh area, maybe Tarboro, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. Edgecombe County, That's not right. far yeah. from where he would have played in the same conference as uh, Julius Peppers. Oh, all right, there's a lot of nice. good, good, good big boys over there. Anyway, how did how did he escape the ACC? Um, uh, gir- uh, f- football man. Yeah. The, the number one player in North Carolina almost always goes to Georgia yeah. or Clemson. Dexter Lawrence, this monster at Clemson. Is the will be the you know D line first round right. pick in a couple of years? Yeah, pretty much uh, every year like three guy whatever. We won't go down that road. But yes, yeah. the the number one player out of North Carolina almost always goes to Georgia, South Carolina, Clemson, something like that. Well, the Redskins' run defense has been good in these first two games. Um, that's that's a that's a major bright uh, bright spot, and um, the uh, the pass rush has been good. I think they only got two sacks officially today, but. Um, you know, they're putting a lot more pressure on the quarterback so far in these two games than they, than I'm used to seeing last year. And then I singled out Norman because he's just a boss. He, and, and the thing today is, and, and, and the reason it's notable because he, I mean, this is a pattern for him. Um, he always goes for the ball and he forced two fumbles, one of which, um, was, yep. was recovered by the Redskins, but I think they were both on Gurley, but he just, he just does that like a boss and he's so physical. He's not the most physically gifted corner ever. I mean, he's, he's long and he's extremely athletic. He's very coordinated. He's smart. He knows how to jump routes. He's not that fast. 
But he's just, for a corner, he's so physical and tough. And he's a good tackler, and he's willing to throw his whole body in there. I just really, really like him. I don't, you know, it's like he had such an insane year in Carolina, and then they made him the number one highest paid cornerback. And then he, he probably didn't quite live up to that last year, but he's just been really solid. And I'm just, I'm glad they got him. I think it was a good signing. Um, he, you know, he sets the, he's a real tone setter. And uh, I think he's, I think he's going to get some more picks this year. Um, I think he'll kind of get, get his, re- regain his status as one of the truly elite corners. But he's, yep. I just, I love how physical he is. Unlike, you know, running back, quarterback, receiver, whatever, it's difficult for a guy to stay number one in, you know, cornerback stats every right. year for yep. a variety of reasons. But uh, but you're right. He he is is solid with always the ability to be playmaking, really. And yep. you know who he learned the the turn the, the fumble stuff from? Uh Tillman. Is, yeah, exactly. We I don't know if we've tried that before, but yeah, he Tillman used to be so good at it. It's, yeah. it's such an extra extra dynamic too. It's because you know, and you know, obviously, there's sometimes where maybe the guys go for a strip and uh, and then they end up giving up extra yards. But puts fear in the the receivers, I think. And Didn't Tillman the, retire with like the most ever? Or I think or? so. I mean, he was just so good at it, yeah. and uh, it just you know, it, it's a, it's such a great dimension. It's 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 almost like a duh. Why don't more people do that? Like if you try it on every time you try to tackle, if you really really try and punch that ball out, yeah. Uh, and, and just making yourself like – it also makes you – I mean, and look, again, more power to them. You know, there's Deion Sanders who back in the day had no problem just making it known like, look, I'm, I'm not here to tackle people. You know, I'll do a lot yeah. of stuff. But if you, if you could be a quarterback who, who – you know, you can get away with not being that hard a tackler and be like, hey, I can be a physical guy without having to be a guy who – licks dudes you know what i mean i can yeah and, and stripping balls is another way to do that one other guy i want to mention because uh somehow he, he should get talked about so much and and he just doesn't because it's like i think the redskins i think fans are so, sort of just basically used to him being being good and and they take him for granted is ryan kerrigan and um He's he's looking great again this year. I mean, he's he's just he's like Mr. Reliable, but um, he's going to be in in the uh, Ring of Honor one day um, in wow. in, the, in the Redskins Stadium. And so, um, I mean, I don't that's, know that's that's friend of the program, former guest Ryan Kerrigan, right? I, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, I don't I don't know if um, I don't know if it'll be FedEx Field when his name goes up, but like that guy's just been so good for his whole career, and he had such an awesome. Um, strip sack today it's just like he's just so good at that and uh he's he's really a big you know big motor for the defense and i'll make it a uh, a no-brainer if he could go out you know and win <clears throat> yeah make a deep playoff run yeah you know yeah mean? he needs you're right he needs one be part of an endearing team you exactly know? yeah uh, that team that lost in the nfc championship in overtime to the carolina <laughs> panthers now um all right. Uh, with that being said, again, Brent sent me, you know, multiple, 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 multiple <laughs> notes. I, will now I think we did a good you, job. I will now allow you, Brent, to select one note from the first half and one note Uh-oh. from the second half to single out of something that we have not covered or that you specifically wanted to make sure was mentioned on this podcast. Although as I glance over them, I do think we've covered a lot. Get, is there a Brent note from the first half that must be discussed in this? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you one. Um, this one's subtle, but there was a third down play in the first quarter where um, they actually split out Rob Kelly as a receiver, and so there were five wide on a third and short, and um, they did pass the ball, but um, you know it really opened up the field. I just thought it was smart because the Redskins lately have been doing a lot, a lot of like really big jumbo sort of bunch type formation. Um, and, and I think, which just draws a lot of defenders into the box on third and short. So I really liked how they spread it wide and, um, it worked. 
Um, that was one thing I noticed. And then in the second half, we did cover most of my stuff. Um, shout out for Tress Way. There was a sequence where he had an amazing punt that was down at the one. Then he got called back for a penalty. But then he bombed another awesome punt that got down on like the five or six. I thought that was just uh, very impressive that he did it twice in a row. Excellent. All right, now I will pick out uh, two notes that I like that you don't even need to explain. I just want to make sure people uh, see what the notes actually are. One from the first half that I love is just says, cuz bumbling. <laughs> bumbling. What a great description. Uh, and although it's, it's tough to overlook cuz awful in the, in the second half of notes <laughs> and cuz manage the game as the final note, uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, Crowder dirty route for first down. I don't believe mm, yep. I know exactly what that play was. So yeah, that was filthy. Describe it to me. I, I oh, he just, it was, he, he had, it was, it was a, a third and long that he converted and he had, he just, he, uh, I'm trying to remember who was covering him, but he, he might have been Joyner in coverage and he just threw like a sick head bob and the guy sort of fell over. So he was wide open. Excellent. I continue to hope he has a better season. He, he hadn't been bad by any means. It's only two games in, but I'm kind of hoping he'll be. One last uh, thing, very end. Mason Foster got an interception that pretty much ended the game. He had yes. he had exited the game with a dislocated shoulder, so I hear. And then he came back to do that, which is a super badass move. All right. Sorry. I almost said your full name there if you want to edit that out. My bad. <laughs> I'll bleep it. Uh, yeah, please do. Uh, with that, uh, for Sports Channel 8, I'm Hayes Permar. This has been Brent and the Burgundy Blogcast. Burgundy Blogcast is the official podcast of Burgundy Blog. On the Redskins, for the truth. <laughs> <laughs>